You're listening to the message podcast of High Ridge Church Longview, where our vision is to help you know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and ultimately make a difference. We are so glad that you're here, and we pray that this message impacts your life as you apply the spiritual truths from God's Word in practical ways. Let's listen in. So, so, so glad that you're here. Welcome to church, everybody. I'm glad that you made it. How about a good, good morning from you? To all of you watching online, we want to say good morning to you. So, Highbridge family, can we just welcome them in from all over the world? I'm glad you're here. Even if you can't be with us in person, I'm still glad that you tuned in. I pray that God would speak to you today, that those of you that are sick, that God would uh, help this to be a day of healing for you in Jesus' name. Grab your Bibles, if you would. Genesis chapter 3 is where we're going. We're spending time right there in a series called In the Tension. Somebody say, In the Tension. And some of you are like, that's my home this morning, getting ready for church. I was right in the middle of the tension. Like, who used all the hot water? No, nobody? In the tension. I wanted to celebrate a couple of things as we're turning there. And uh, the, the first thing is so cool. Because of your generosity, we are able to add on to, uh, and to the people that we're already supporting, some new missionaries, some new outreaches, some things that we're able to do. So we're not just fulfilling our commitments to those that we've already been supporting but there are some brand new ones that we're taking on because you are a generous church, and I'm so thankful for that. It means the world to me. You're supporting more and more people. So thank you for trusting us with your finances. For those of you that are giving here, for those of you that are tithing here, uh, your generosity is making a difference. It's big, and we're able to do even more because of it. So thank you, thank you, thank you for that. Also, we have our first and newest tither, which is our strangest story ever, but I got permission from his parents who are on staff here to share the story of Wyatt, who... uh, decided to tithe 100% of all the money that he stole from his own home. So he said he wants to be a good robber. So he is tithing 100%, not this 10% stuff. He's like, no, 100% of all the money that I've stolen. So I want to share that with you. I was like, can I please share that? They're like, absolutely, go ahead. So uh, I just thought that was pretty awesome. So our our newest tither, um, the Lord's working on his heart. He has some... And some priority stuff, but we're going we're gonna to get up there. So uh, In the Tension is our series. We're talking about the creation story and how God created such a perfect environment for man and woman to live in. God created this perfect thing that man comes in and screws up with his own will, with his disobedience, and, uh, and creates tension for the first time where perfection once was. And for some of you, you have different areas of your life where you're thinking, man, everything was so perfect, and then this thing happened and just screwed it all up. There's so much tension that now it's awkward because this person or that happened or this didn't happen or this person left, this person came in. Whatever it may be, I want you to know that there are wonderful things that God has done that we have tendencies to screw them up. It's not just everybody else. Sometimes it's us. Come on. Sometimes it's us, right? So here is, here is creation, this perfect environment that the enemy seeks to corrupt and destroy the intimacy between God and the created. And he does that by getting Eve to question the word of God. By the way, the enemy still uses the exact same tactics today. He wants you to question what you're reading. He wants you to question the authority of this over your life. He wants you to to look at this, yeah, but does that really apply to me? That applies to them because God doesn't love them as much as he loves me. I want you to know that even in the most perfect of circumstances, left to our own devices, we will find a way to screw it up. I'm with you, I've done it. If you're looking around for perfect people, you're at the wrong church. That ain't ain't who we are. We've done it. God does amazing and perfect things. Everything that he does is good. 
And a lot of what I touch just turns to nothing because I find a way to screw it up. And I do that because I don't have the power of discernment like I need to. We're gonna talk about that today, desire and discernment. And so I want you to see how, uh, how desire in the story of creation in Genesis chapter three brings about tension between the created and the creator. Look at this in verse five. It says the enemy, the serpent, speaks to Eve and it says this. He tells her, for God knows that when you eat the fruit, when you eat that which God told you not to do, oh, good things are gonna happen. Your eyes are gonna be opened and you're gonna be just like God. And by the way, isn't that a good thing to be more like God? God speaks in his word. He says, be holy as I'm holy. I wanna make you more like me. This is the better version of you, the closer that you get to God. David says, your nearness, Lord, is my good. He says, this is a good thing for you. You can disobey, but the, the ends justify the means. Do you see it? You're gonna be like God. You're gonna know the difference between good and evil. And when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, pleasing to the eye, and desirable, somebody say desirable. Desirable, desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and she ate it. And here comes tension into the relationship. Tension is the result of disobedience. And Satan played on the desire of man to know more and to become independent. And in this moment where she takes the fruit, the very first idol was created. Idolatry entered the world because of my desires. The first idol was my will, what I want. And by the way, that's a powerful, powerful idol that still reigns in a lot of hearts and minds today. What I want versus what God wants. Desires are a big deal for all of us. So as we're looking in the original text here, it comes upon that word. She saw that it was desirable for gaining wisdom. That's a great Hebrew word called kamad, which means to find great pleasure in, to delight in. And in this word, we find exactly what the Lord was saying. That's not what I want for you. I don't want you to find great pleasure or delight in anything else but me. You see, our relationship and our intimacy with God was built so that we would delight ourselves in him and delight ourselves in his word. That'd be more than just the American version of happiness, which is this pursuit of happiness. God says, no, 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 I want you to find your joy in me and in our relationship. And the enemy says, no, 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 you don't need to do that. You're gonna be like God. And this is, this is where your, your desires need to be focused. Doesn't that look good? Doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it seem good? Well, surely God must want good things for you. Right? God would never want you to be unhappy. And here comes the lie that creates tension between the created and the creator. You see, the desire wasn't wrong. The disobedience was. God said, no, period. The kids say, period. Period. Not even with a D anymore. They done changed up the whole language. Like, don't do that to me. I'm barely getting a hang on what I, ha what I do have. You ought to hear my Spanish. The desire was right, the disobedience was wrong. It shows us that disobedience is still wrong even if the desire is right because desire is the enemy of discernment. Somebody say discernment. I'm gonna talk a little bit more about what that means today, to discern versus my desires. You see, our desires will create tension between us and God until they're submitted to his timing until they're submitted to his word, until they're submitted to what he 
says. Your desires will lie to you. You ever been in a situation where it seemed like everything was perfect and then something happened? You're like, ah, it was right. It was good. Now, for, for me, that happened in our marriage between my wife and I. Things were so perfect. We had a great honeymoon. We had a great ceremony. So many people came to celebrate our wedding with us. And then I didn't screw it up. She screwed up. And I'm telling you this because this is cheaper than therapy. We were moving her clothes in, and I'm like, uh-oh. You brought in the mark of the beast. She said, what did I do? I pulled out a Boston Red Sox Johnny Damon jersey. I'm like, you cannot bring this blasphemy in this house. This is the house of the Lord. And you cannot bring in this abomination. And then she says, well, I also have a Houston Rockets Akeem Olajuwon jersey. And I'm like, let's just burn this thing right now. Is this what you're saying? We don't, don't tell me about the Houston Rockets. I don't want to hear it. Don't tell me about your Astros. If you got to cheat to win, you didn't win. This ain't NASCAR. Bring it. Judge me. I don't care. You're the one that's wrong. I'm going to find scripture at some point and tell you. Tension. And then she tells me the worst thing of all, like three for three. This is it. She said, oh, and by the way, I don't like peanut butter. I'm like, just take this thing off right now. How can you not like peanut butter? I said, that's un-American. She said, I don't like it. How can you not like it? She said, well, I like almond butter. I'm like, it's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. She said, no, it's really not. I'm like, you're wrong. 100% wrong. You're creating tension. This thing was perfect. You should have told me this in premarital counseling. We did not work through any of this. I'm not prepared to make those kind of concessions to this kind of tension in our marriage. I looked at her and I said, how can you not like peanut butter? She's like, I just don't like it. It's nasty. I'm like, oh, Lord, she doesn't know what she's saying. Forgive her. I said, sweetheart, love of my life. Millions and millions of people cannot be wrong. And she said, how many of them voted in the last election? I'm like, you know what? You're... Touche. We found a way to get past our grievances and our tension where there was perfection, there was tension, but the Lord has helped us through the power of discernment. I discerned that if I wanted to stay married, I need to let it go. And so now we have almond butter. Pray for me. We've watched some Rockets games, and they're pretty good. I'm just saying. They're pretty good. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. I want to talk today about relieving the tension between desire and discernment. Desire and discernment. Because here's the thing. When what you want most, when what you feel and what you see, and you're like, oh, this, this has moved beyond desire. Now this is hashtag goals. I've got to reach this. What happens when you reach those goals, but they're not the goals that God had for you? Then we will spend our life doing things that just don't matter. At the end of our life, we'll look back and like, you know what? People cheered us on because we reached a lot of goals. I got a lot of my desires met, and I missed God in the process. God has given us the beautiful power through the Holy Spirit of the gift to discern. And I want to show you how to use that today. You see, uh, one of the things I feel mandated from the Lord to do as the pastor of this church is to get you this year to take personal responsibility for your spiritual health to take personal responsibility for your spiritual growth. That means that I'm not gonna grow for you, I'm not gonna hear the Lord for you, but I'm gonna teach you how to hear God for yourself. Teach you how to discern. So as we're getting into the word of God, it shows us three things that I think are real important, things that you probably need to know. 
If you've ever been curious about the gift of discernment, let me just tell you, this is gonna help you. Now, if you've not been curious, it's probably because you don't know. And I've never heard a message preached on the gift of discernment. We preach on lots of gifts, but not on this one. And so there's not a lot of people to listen to. So I'm gonna break ground today and do something. I, I have no idea where this is gonna go. We'll just see what happens. Maybe through your discerner, you could help me. Here's the things I wanna make sure that you know. Number one, desire without discernment gets expensive. Desire without discernment gets expensive. You will spend a lot of money and a lot of time doing things that don't matter, that might be good, but they're not God. And you won't know the difference until the bill comes. I don't know if, if you've ever been to a restaurant where you, you ask, you know, how much does this cost? And they'll say something like, it's market price. You ever been to one of those restaurants? Market price is my cue that I don't belong here. Like, how much for a side salad? That's, that's normally code for, I can't afford to eat here. Like, no, my wife just wants a side of peanut butter. How much is that? When they say market price, it's like, they can charge you whatever they want. Who's to say what the market price is? I don't know. You don't know either, market price. I've learned if you have to ask, you, you can't afford it. Desire without discernment gets expensive. And I would add another word, embarrassing. It's embarrassing to want and to go after things that you realize later on, that's, that's not God at all. I thought I wanted it. And now it's embarrassing. You know, there are times in my life where I, I, thought, I thought I was doing the right thing, didn't have discernment, and probably could have used it. So my wife was gone on a trip one time, and she'd been gone for a couple of weeks, and she texted me. She said, hey, I just landed at DFW. I'll be home in about 40 minutes. We're about 40 minutes away from the airport. And so I set the phone down, and there's a left her. Midnight kids were asleep, and I'm like, you know what? She's been gone for a couple of weeks. I've missed her a lot. I'm like, you know what? Let's... Uh, I'm gonna start texting her all the things that are about to happen when she gets home because daddy has missed her and true love is tired of waiting. Let me just say, we was married, shut up. <laughs> so I picked up that phone and began to text her back things that I was about to do. It's gonna be a good night in the household. And so I went off, sent off text after text, like this, I'm gonna do this, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this, it's gonna be a good night. And then I realized, I texted her dad. I texted my father-in-law things that only belong between husband and wife. And let me just tell you, I could have used a little bit of discernment. My discernment was not going off. And it was a little bit embarrassing when I re recognized what I had said. He texted me back about 20 minutes later. He said, son, you must really love my daughter. I'm like, oh, God. Oh, God. I feel horrible. The next day, he's like, so did you get any sleep? I'm like, shut up, man. Hey. Sorry, I don't have any discernment. I need a little help here. Desire without discernment gets expensive and it gets embarrassing. Don't do what I did. Use a little bit of discernment here. As we're talking about this, I want, I want you to understand this, that without discernment, I will spend my life paying for mistakes that I could have avoided if I'd only listened, if I'd only followed the Spirit of God instead of what I wanted, what I thought was right. Hosea chapter 14 says this, who is wise? Let them realize these things. Who's discerning? Let them understand. And then look at this. The ways of the Lord are right, and the righteous, they walk in them. Oh, that's my prayer and my hope for you, that you would be righteous before the Lord, that you'd have the wisdom and the discernment that comes from a relationship and intimacy with God so that you could walk in the ways of the Lord. Because look at the second part, because the rebellious, 
stumble. Sometimes we wonder what our life would look like if it wasn't just full of mistakes. One bad decision after the next. Let me tell you, the gift of discernment helps you to keep from making those same mistakes over and over and over again. I know this because I've lived it. I need the power of discernment. I'll say it this way. Desires have consequences, but God's way has benefits. Benefits. And your God is a, is a good father, and he knows how to bless his kids. But your desires can deceive you. They don't get blessings from the Lord when you're deceived. The Lord wants to speak to his children. He wants your ways and his ways to become synonymous. Here's the second key I want to make sure that you understand. Talking about relieving the tension between our desires and discernment. Number two, desires come naturally. Discernment comes spiritually. Now, you may not know this, but those of you who have been walking with the Lord for a while know that you're, you are made up of three parts. Three parts. You're like, yes, I'm part water, part fat, and half Oreo. Like, no, 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 no. You are body, soul, and spirit. Three parts. Now, your body has five senses. You've, you've got your smell. You've got your taste. You've got what, what you can see. And by the way, they help you to make a lot of decisions. Can I see it? Can I feel it? Can I touch it? Can I hear it? Right? But there's another part of you. This is that part of the soul, which is, which is described as your mind, your will, your emotions. And many of us, they're going to fight for control. What I can see versus what I can feel. What I can hear versus what this makes me think about. And those things will fight, for each other, fight against each other for the control of your decisions. They'll fight for the desire. They fight for the steering wheel. But remember, there's a third part. And we become believers. We are born again, and God gives us his spirit. And it is very difficult for the body and the soul to take a back seat and let the spirit begin to lead. And this is the reason why a lot of believers never get freedom, because they don't allow the spirit of God to overrule the flesh. You are spirit. Believers have the spirit of God, and he is going to show you how to discern the way of the Lord. Now, you're going to have to listen to him. I get it. But I want you to notice this, that in creation, Eve saw what she wanted. It was pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. So we see that it's appealing to those two parts of her, right? Appealing to her senses, the body, and appealing to the mind, the will, and the emotions. And this is where the tension comes from. The same tension that each of us struggle with today. But God has given us the great gift of his Holy Spirit to help us to be able to discern. To discern. You see, I desire through my eyes. I desire through my eyes. I discern through the Spirit. Here's a couple of scriptures that I think will, um, will help you. Ephesians 4, verse 22 says, put off your old self. Well, that's easier said than done, isn't it? How in the world would I do that? Put off your old self, the old way you used to do things, the way you used to operate. Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupted through its deceitful, somebody say the next word, desires. It means your desires may or may not be the truth. It's deceitful. It'll lie to you. What you want will lie to you. Your body will scream at you, I need that. This is good. I got to have this. I'll do anything to get it. And the Bible is very clear. Put that off. How do I do that? He says this. Be renewed 
in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14 says, the person without the Spirit, notice the capital S there, right? Speaking of the Holy Spirit. The person that doesn't have that Holy Spirit, that doesn't have the discerner, cannot accept things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them. Why? They're discerned only through the Spirit. You're listening through the wrong filter. You're listening through what I can see and taste and feel. Like, oh, prove it to me, right? I gotta, I gotta be able to see it with my own eyes to believe it. Some things that we can hear through the Spirit and recognize this is the voice of the Lord. And I can see things that are not as though they are. We have the gift of discernment as believers. It's time that we start using it. Discernment is one of the beautiful ways that the Holy Spirit leads us. Discernment is a gift from God. So if there ever was a time in history where you need discernment, my brother... My sister, it is today. We are bombarded with information. We don't know what to believe. You may think you know what to believe, but if you're not discerning through the power of the Holy Spirit, you don't really know. And you will find yourself in an echo chamber of people that think and act and and believe just like you, and they will confirm everything that you know to be true, and you're like, well, we all believe it. Then the rest of y'all are stupid. Y'all are all sheep, and we're the only ones that know the truth. Everybody else is a fool. Y'all are all stupid. Y'all are all dumb. We got the truth. And you know what they're doing on the other side? The exact same thing. Discernment is the ability to distinguish truth from error. What is true? God's word is true. And here's the even greater part. It tells us which scripture applies to which situation. See, the Bible is full of tools. And if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, will we use the tools at the wrong time in the wrong situation and apply things where they don't apply? Like, that's not true. You're using it out of context. The discerner helps us to be able to apply the right tools at the right time. See, discern is a fantastic Greek word that comes to us that tells us uh, that discern would be described as to investigate thoroughly into, to, to scrutinize, to interrogate. Now, for many of us, you think that's, that's your job. You know, somebody starts dating your best friend, like, hold on a second, let me scrutinize, let me interrogate, let me investigate thoroughly. I'm going to do that social media deep dive, I'm going to find out where they live, how much they're paying in taxes, have they been married before? He still lives at home with his mother. Oh, he takes care of his mom. Like, she's 39. Like, what happened there? That's, that's a little weird. Discerner. Discerner. No, it says the Holy Spirit is the discerner. It gives us the ability to discern, to sift through, to go deep, to do a deep dive into things that you don't understand, to interrogate. Now, for me, I, I love a good true crime. I'm a true crime nut. I get it. Investigation Discovery 2020 on the case of Paula Zahn, the first 48. I like them all. I watch cops. I watch the reruns. I like it. I'm like, ooh, they're going to charge you with this. And they'll pull them into that interrogation room like, you better shut your mouth. And I've learned, and my kids will tell you, I've told them, anytime you get pulled into an interrogation room, no matter if you have no idea why you're there, what do you do? Ask for an attorney. Shut your mouth. Ask for an attorney. Why? Because they're really good at what they do. They're really good at investigating. They're really good at interrogating. They're really good at sifting through all the information to get what they need to hear. And you are outmatched. Ask for an attorney. Here's the great news. The Bible calls the Holy Spirit the advocate, the legal advocate advocate that is able to sift through all the noise and tell you, say this, don't say this, listen to this, don't listen to that, move this way, don't move that way. The Holy Spirit is the discerner. 
He's able to look deeper into things that you are not qualified to look into. You don't understand. You don't get it. But the Holy Spirit does. He sees all angles, and he wants to help you. The righteous walk through the power of discernment. You still with me today? You guys are getting awfully quiet, but I'm, I'm hoping to equip you and telling you you can do this. You can be led by the Spirit of God. So discernment is the ability to distinguish truth from error. And it helps us. I found through the power of discernment that, uh, that I can tell the difference between uh, somebody that's really angry and a cry for help. You been there? And it's often I can, I can tell the difference not in what someone says, but what they're not saying. That's a supernatural gift from the Lord. You, you want me to be led by that because I am not smart enough to figure out these things on my own. I need the power of discernment to tell the difference. between Is this anger or is this a cry for help? Because each of those come with a different response, right? So uh, one of the greatest things about being a parent is there's something that kind of wakes up inside of your heart when you, when you see your kids and when you hear them cry. And there are things that uh, may sound like a normal cry to everybody else, but to you, as the parent, you know the difference between are they tired or are they angry? Are they sleepy? Do they need to be changed? Are they frustrated? Are they throwing a fit? Are they really injured? And I remember I, was, I put my, my son in his carrier one time, and he was crying. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, this kid is crying. I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's not the throwing a fit cry. That's, that's the hurt cry. And so I'm like, what could he be hurting? So I'm looking in the crib. I pull him out and I'm holding him. He's still crying. I'm like, why is he hurting? Like, did he get bit by a mosquito? Or is there an ant in here or something? And so I start pulling off his clothes and pull his hat off and pull his shirt off, pull, and all these clothes. And I get to his shoes and pull off his shoes and his little toe was bit back over the other toes. And I'm like, sorry, kid. I'm only telling you because the statute of limitations has run out on my child abuse. <laughs> but I could tell the difference. Like, he's hurt, Right? I get the difference, and here is the beautiful power of the Holy Spirit that helps us to see things that other people can't understand, but you can through the power of the Spirit. Discernment is a powerful gift from our God. Here's the third key, and I want to close with this about discernment. Discernment is a gift to be grown into, and if you have it, discernment is a gift to be constantly cultivated. Let me say this, because this is important. You need to know this. If you call yourself a believer, if you've been filled with the Spirit, you've been walking with God for an extended amount of time, you have to constantly cultivate the gift of discernment because, look at me, it becomes judgmental when you don't cultivate it. It becomes extremely legalistic. You start seeing things through the knowledge of good and evil and say, this person's a bad person. This person's not worthy. This person's not as good as me. This person doesn't belong. This person never amounts to anything. And you become the accuser of the brethren because your discerner has gotten corrupted. You call it discernment through the power of the Holy Spirit, you've walked right back into the flesh and you didn't even realize it. Discernment has to be constantly cultivated. We have to go back to the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, help me to see it. Help me to see people as you see them. You saw them as worth dying for. Show me the difference between an outburst of anger and a cry for help. Show me how to use which scripture at the right time. Show me how to approach this the way that you would approach it. It gets legalistic. It gets judgmental. Now, for those of you that don't know, let me just tell you, you have to be careful when you're discerning things because if you're not reading the word of God, your discernment's gonna get off real quick. I can confirm what God is telling me by holding it up to his word and say, I know that to be true because his word says this. It has to be constantly cultivated. So if we're not led by spiritual discernment, we're gonna constantly rely upon the wisdom of somebody else. I don't want that for you. Many churches are led that way. Oh, as long as I got a good pastor, I can just share in his wisdom and he'll tell me what to do. That's not biblical. 
The Bible says that my job is to equip you to do the work that God has called you to do. And please look at me, saints. You have a work that God has called you to do. You have a job to do. And it's more than just working at a job, making a few paychecks, having some kids, and finding a spouse. There's more to life than that. You're here to make a difference. The Holy Spirit wants to lead you into what's right. He wants to help you. And that's a good thing. Our God gives good gifts. And the gift of discernment is a powerful way to walk in the truth in the midst of an age that's screaming lies at us. Hebrews 5 says, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have the powers of, say the next word, discernment. It's a power. The powers of discernment trained by, notice it's something you have to constantly cultivate, you have to grow into, constant practice. Constant practice. Now, I want you to notice that it says constant practice. Remember that old Allen Iverson, practice? It's practice. It's not a real game, right? Oh, it doesn't matter. No, in order to develop this gift of discernment, we've got to constantly step out there and try. And you're going to get better the more that you do it. But it's not going to work perfectly the first time because you're in a struggle of, is this my mind, my will, my emotions? Is this my senses? I'm not sure which one's leading, but I'm trying to be led by the Spirit. Okay, devote yourself to the Word of God and try. You're going to make mistakes as you try. We learn to discern by making mistakes as we try. Try. Constant practice. So um, I want to I remind you that uh, you will never discern something that is contrary to the word of God. And we, we do still see people make that mistake constantly. Well, I discern that the Lord is telling me to do this and I have a peace about it. It's like, that, that's anti-scripture. God's word is very clear that what you're hearing is deception. That's not discernment. You still with me? So here's the beautiful part about receiving the gifts of God. It's not something that you earn. It's something that you ask for. You ask for. The same way that you receive Christ is by asking, Jesus Christ, would you forgive me of my sins? Would you cleanse me of unrighteousness? Would you save me? Would you use me? We receive the Holy Spirit the same way. Holy Spirit, would you fill me? Would you speak to me? Would you help me to understand your word? Help me to see things as you see them. And then beyond just asking for it, we start stepping out in it. Okay, Lord, it doesn't make a lot of sense, but I'm reading in your word this, and I'm discerning something in my spirit, like, I'm going to try this today. Will you help me? And you'll notice that the Lord begins to help you do things that you didn't think you could do. It starts helping you to walk in freedom that you didn't think you could ever have. It shows you what to do, what not to do, what to listen to, what not to listen to. And it brings us into a place of incredible peace, knowing that we're led by the discerning power of the Holy Spirit. Can you receive that today? I want to remind you of a couple things. That the Holy Spirit doesn't lead people who don't ask him to lead. He is a gentleman. He wants to order your steps, but it's not just going to magically happen. You have to ask. You have to say, Lord, I, I recognize that what I see sometimes and what I want, sometimes those things deceive me. I want your Holy Spirit to take over the driver's seat this week, and I'm going to try to do this. I believe that the Lord rewards those who diligently seek him. There's rewards and benefits for us to be led by more than just our desires. There's benefits that happen when we're led by the Spirit of God. Hope that you can receive that. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? I want to finish up right there today, if that's okay. 
And for every person within the sound of my voice and for those that are watching online, I want you to know that there's not a lot of messages preached about this. And if you'd be so kind, if you like what you heard, if you feel like this is important, would you click the share button, share this with your social media world and let some people in on some secrets of how to be led by the Spirit, how to distinguish truth from error, how to find the will in the heart of God. Nobody teaches that anymore. But we need to know it's important. And for those that are here with bowed heads, with closed eyes, you know, the Bible says that not only are we to be filled with the Spirit, we are to be filled and filled and filled again with the Spirit. And it may be a while since you've been filled with the Spirit of God. Maybe our discerner has gotten a little corrupted. Maybe it's time that we have a, a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit. You know, he wants to dwell inside of you. He wants to fill you afresh and anew. I want to invite you right where you are. Would you just open up your hands to the Lord? Say, Holy Spirit, come. Fill me. Fresh and anew. Take over my life. I want to hear from you this week. Holy Spirit, would you order my steps? Would you show me what to do and what to believe? Holy Spirit, would you open up the Word of God to me? And as I read my Bible this week, would you help the words to jump off the page into my life that I need to concentrate on and to turn my attention to? Help me to understand your Word better. I'm going to listen to you and be obedient to what you say to the best of my ability. I want to try. So fill me, Holy Spirit. you today and you're not ashamed or embarrassed or afraid to say that hey I prayed that prayer if you actually prayed that prayer can you just look up at me and let me just see your hand all over this place that was me pastor I prayed that prayer good 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 I see you good for you I'm so proud of you if that was you and you prayed that prayer behind me there's a number appearing on the screen the number is 844 HRC text I want to encourage you I want to challenge you would you text me text the words I prayed to that number and I'm going to send you some links of some things that I've prepared just for you. It's my gift to you that will help you understand what just happened inside of your heart and what to do next. Your walk with God isn't finished. It's not over. It's, 
It's just getting started. He wants a relationship with you. And I want to show you how to have that. Let me help you. Good for you. Well, Highridge family, go ahead and look up at me if you would. Then stand to your feet. It's been such an honor, such a joy bringing God's word to you here today. And I'm praying that you're equipped and challenged for the week. That you're encouraged to believe that you can do this. So I've got uh, our elders and their wives. These guys are going to step forward to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. If you're watching online, you need prayer about anything, please hit the comments. Let us know that there are things that we would... All right. When I say leave a comment, I mean leave a comment. Let us know what you're praying for. We want to, we want to pray for you. We believe in the power of prayer here. We believe that God listens when his children pray because he's a good dad. and He takes time to listen to his kids. The Bible tells us that we're to cast our cares upon him because he cares for us. So we believe in that here. And so I've got these amazing men and women here to pray for you about anything that you might need prayer for. We would love nothing more than to pray for you. Also, I want you to know that groups launched this week and we are excited about groups. Growth happens in groups. If you're not a part of a group yet, if you've never been a part of a group, this is your time to shine. You can get involved in that by going onto our website and clicking on the groups tab and signing up. There's just a few spots left. Honestly, they filled up really, really quickly. We've got more groups than we've ever launched and more people are going through them. So um, this is the last possible minute. There are only a few spots left, but I believe that if you can get a spot and that's exactly the one that the Lord wants for you and you'll enjoy it. So commit to it. There's a lot of people that couldn't get in. And so if you uh, find yourself blessed and favored enough to be able to get into a group, commit to it and watch what God can do. Your growth is gonna happen in your group. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you and bless you as we go. Father, would you bless my friends with an incredible week, following after you all week long, being led by the power of your spirit. Give them discernment. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you as you go. I hope you have an amazing week. Go Cowboys. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our prayer is that you are encouraged and strengthened by the message. If you haven't done so yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast and leave us a review wherever you're listening. If you want to be a part of our online community, connect with us through Facebook or Instagram with the handle at HighRidgeLV, or you can check out our website at HighRidgeLV.com. Lastly, if this ministry has impacted your life and you'd like to support its work, visit HighRidgeLV.com give. We appreciate your support and we're believing with you today for God's best in your life. Have an incredible week and we will see you next time.